Hello and welcome into Jam Session. Glad to have whoever you are listening to us. Jam Session is Matt McLaren and Jean-Jacques Taylor. We're two guys who used to do a radio show on ESPN Radio in Dallas, Texas. We now do this podcast. We talk a lot about the Dallas Cowboys, other Dallas sports teams, and just our interests in Dallas, nightlife, stories, beer, all kinds of things. Glad to have you. Thanks for listening. Let's get going. Welcome. It's nice to have you here. I hope you enjoy it. I think you will. You're listening to the Jam Session Podcast. I was told that I could listen to the radio at a reasonable volume. With Cowboys insider... What's your name? Jean-Jacques Taylor. That's my name. Radio personality and craft beer expert, Matt McLaren. He's a very strange young man. He's an idiot. Comes from upbringing. And now, the Jam Session Podcast. It is indeed Jam Session. Subscribe, rate, review. Hang out with us for a while. Right here on the Jam Session Podcast. Sponsored as always by Greening Law, that personal injury law firm right there in Dallas, Texas. Greening Law will fight that legal battle so you have time for healing and renewal. But right now, that moment we've all been waiting for has arrived. Ladies and gentlemen, the radio, the TV, the podcast star, the sexy Jean-Jacques Taylor. What up, though? I would be the non-sexy one. It's Matt McLaren, and this is Jam Session, the podcast version 356, asking simply that you prepare to be dazzled. If that entertained. Oh, there's a lot to get into. Well, at least with a lot of other teams. A little bit with the Cowboys, but the NFL free agency period. The way that it works, officially free agency starts tomorrow, but this is the legal tampering period to where you can agree to contracts, and then on Wednesday... At the start of the new league year, you can sign your new contracts, which is kind of confusing and all that, but that's what's going on right now. News left and right. We got all kinds of stuff. The NCAA tournament starting this week. All sorts of stuff to dive into, and we're going to do that. But again, your reminder, your necessity, you need... I've mentioned this before, and you really should do this. Either put the number in your phone or write it down and keep it in your car. If you ever get in a car accident and you don't know what to do afterwards and it wasn't your fault, or if you're injured on the premises of a business, your your first call after you call whatever emergency services you may need, you need to call Greening Law. The Green Team, Robert Greening, I worked with them for a year and a half and I've been trying to paint the picture. They can do some really amazing things for you behind the scenes to help you they take away all that stress and all the, oh my gosh, how do I need to call this insurance company or, or should I do this? What should I do here? They do all that for you. And you're like, well, what am I supposed to do? They go, oh, well, just go to this doctor and get better. They will get you taken care of. It's incredible. They really are. It, it, I cannot recommend them highly enough. I had a phenomenal experience working with the green team. Well, I mean, what else is there to say, man? When you're going through a process like this, as Matt, as Matt has told you guys all along the way, you want somebody who can hold your hand and kind of show you the ropes, man, because you're going against somebody else's big insurance company. You need somebody fighting for you. So if you've been involved in an accident or there's been an incident, you know, at an apartment complex or a business or a construction site, somewhere that's not your, your home, pick up the phone, give the green team a call, 972-934-8900. Tell them your situation. Say, here's the details. What do you think? And if they bring you on as a client, my, 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 it has been your day. Yes, it has. So give them a call. Again, that consultation is absolutely free. If you think you've got a case, call them and find out. 972-934-8900. 972-934-8900. It's Robert Greening. Call him now. Offices, Dallas, Texas. 
Well, before we get into what's going on around the NFL, let's get into what the Cowboys are doing. And as you might expect, I mean, you talk about not active at all in the free agent market. They are not active over here. They are not improving over here. They are not trying to add over. But one thing they did do, and this is a key, and again, it's hard when it's your own free agent because we don't look at them as they went out and signed a free agent, but they did get Donovan Wilson locked him up for essentially what you and I talked about on our last podcast, the three-year deal, checking in right about $8 million a year for a guy. You know, we kind of described that. If you believe he's a top 20 safety in the NFL, which we both said he was, then you're looking at $7.5 million minimum a year for a guy that plays the way he does. And and all in all, I, I look, I was happy with it, and I was glad they were able to get it done and bring him back. Dude, I looked at the numbers and I sent you a text and said, "Ah, oh, we pretty much nailed that one." <laughs> yeah. Um, that to me was common sense on both parties. Like Donovan Wilson, you know, he's from, uh, he's played at A and M. He's been with the Cowboys. If you're going to be a player in the Cowboys, real talk, you can make more money off the field once you get here and once you establish yourself like he has now. Uh, but the other thing was he's a playmaker. We talked about that. I mean, he he has interceptions. He has sacks. Mm-hmm. He forces fumbles. He led the team in tackles. With Dan Quinn, they play this three-safety system. So you need safeties who can play. And the money was just right. We said seven and a half seems to be the, the line where people like him make. Okay, you need to get eight so that you feel good. Good deal by the Cowboys, good keep by the Cowboys, and, uh, you know, that's a good start to free agency for the way they operate. Yeah, and, and as you mentioned, the three safeties, that allows them to have those guys back next next year with Jerron Curse and Malik Cooker, and now obviously – you lock up Donovan Wilson. The other side of this is the Leighton Van Der Esch deal, which as we record this sitting here in the middle of Tuesday afternoon, there has been no deal. I saw something earlier today on Twitter. I can't remember who it was from saying that Leighton Van Der Esch is drawing interest from other teams, as you might imagine, and that it's in the range of $8 million a year. And I thought, mm, do you want to go $8 million a year for a guy like Leighton Vander Esch that, that maybe fairly or unfairly, the reality of it is he is an injury risk? Yeah, I mean, that's a tricky one, man. And do you think, um, you know, maybe somebody like Clark can fill his job next year um, without the cost? But I think, uh, I think Leighton's a hard choice. But again, I think Leighton's a good player. Um, I don't know, bro. That's a tough one. I think with Leighton Vanderish, given his health situation, you just have a number that you like and that you think is good for him and your team and provides you some comfort if he can't play. Because what do we always talk about? What's the best case scenario? What's the worst case scenario? Mm. And, uh, you know, if, if, if that number doesn't fit David Cantor in that group, then you just got to let it go. Or I'm sorry, Ryan, Ryan Silver in that group, then you got to let it go. Yeah, and that's kind of where where you're at, man, and, and- – I mean, it's, it's, it's always going to be interesting to see when you look at this. I mean, if you're talking, eight, I mean, $8 million a year on average. I mean, keep in mind when you're looking at the position that he plays, you look at some of these guys that are playing inside and, you know, Roquan Smith is on a contract that's $20 million a year on average. You've got uh, Fred Warner at 19. Trayman Edmonds, who just signed to the Chicago Bears, Bears, got a deal worth $18 million a year. You know, so you I ain't wonder paying him that much, bro. No, you're not doing that. So what I'm saying is do you drop down and like a Miles Jack is on an eight million dollar a year contract. Devin White yeah. at Tampa. Now to be fair, he's, I believe he's still on his rookie deal. 
you know, it, it, do you feel comfortable with a guy like a Leighton Vander Esch making what would end up being on average, you know, somewhere like 15th most at that position? Yeah, I'm not. Uh, what does that put him at the eight, nine range? Yeah, it would put him about he'd be like the 12th highest paid inside linebacker if he was making eight million dollars plus a year. On average, yeah, I could probably I could probably live with that. The problem is they probably think he's better than the fifteenth linebacker. You think? I don't know. I mean, that's I don't know that it, it's it's going to be interesting to see what they do with it because again, that you you always run that risk, and obviously, when you're playing, you know, when you're a middle linebacker, you're not on the outside like some of. The, I mean, the highest paid linebackers are, are the outside guys that rush the passer, essentially that are listed like that that we well that we're all well aware of. You know, do you go? for comparable to him you know maybe you do would you would you rather have a guy like a miles jack for eight million dollars a year I, I don't i don't know that you would would you rather have bobby wagner who was 10 million dollars a year you know what doug i might rather have bobby wagner because it's a one-year deal i mean i don't care if i stretch it out two or three years for salary caps. right it's a one-year deal and uh you know he can do the job for that one year and they give you time to uh, either bridge a guy or, you know, just know that you have a hole going into the next year's draft. Uh, and Bobby Bobby Wagner had a heck of a year last year. So even though he's yeah. older and you don't like to play age, I'll pay age if I'm on a one-year deal. Yeah, and that's the thing where, you know, Ed Werder just tweeted out that the Cowboys have prioritized re-signing Leighton Vander Esch and if successful would be cost prohibitive in terms of them contending for Bobby Wagner. So it almost feels like it's one or the other. And, and you know, Wagner's 32 years old now. He'll turn 33 in June. But like you said, for a one-year deal, would you rather have a guy like that at, you know, $10, $11 million, or would you rather have a Leighton Vander Esch at $8 million? Boy, how long I got Vander Esch for? Probably four years. Yeah, and he just three turned 27, so he's legitimately, you know, five years younger than Wagner. And it's probably three of it's real, so maybe even a five-year deal with three of it being real. Uh, that's a tough choice, man. It's probably like you put the offers out and see who grabs it first. <laughs> yeah, maybe you do that if you can't have them both. And so we'll see how that plays out with Leighton. Of course, we do know for a fact that three other Dallas Cowboys free agents are gone. Connor McGovern, and I knew this was going to happen, the Buffalo Bills came and looped him up for $8 million a year. Luke Gifford who is mainly more of a special teams type guy for the Cowboys. He gets signed by the Tennessee Titans and they continue to lose out on receivers as Noah Brown has left. He spent his entire career so far with the Dallas Cowboys and he has left and he will be signing with the Houston Texans to go down there. Yeah, he's signing for more opportunity, which makes sense to sure. me. Um, Connor McGovern. I'm not surprised he got that. I mean, we, we weren't surprised when, uh, who was the center from uh, Texas, Connor? Connor Williams. Yeah, we weren't so you know we were kind of surprised when Connor Williams got that yeah. deal from the Dolphins. So you know you're starter in the league for three years or whatever. Somebody's going to find you attractive to them, even if you know we think we can plug and play another guy in there for you. Yeah, so we'll see what else happens and what are the moves that. And again, we talked about this. We knew this is what the Cowboys are going to do. It's what they do every single year. Other teams are going to make big, splashy moves that, that you'll look at and go, damn, that would have been nice. Then the Cowboys are going to prioritize a couple of their free agents, and then they'll go bargain shopping. And, and they'll bring in 
and I don't even know who the hell it'll be, but it'll be some dude who's not like in the top 50 available free agents that'll be down there that's some some sort of affordable guy who they end up signing for a, a year and $3 million. <laughs> I'm yeah, just saying. This is, they, this is what they do, man. And, you know, people, there's been some dude on Twitter who's just been blasting them unmercifully, unmercifully, you know, blast them quite a bit. I can't say that <laughs> word today. All right. Um, and I'll just be laughing like, like, what did you expect, dog? You sound like you're a Cowboys fan. So what did you expect them to be doing, bro? Their MO is not to do all this other stuff, man. Their MO is to take care of their own and then go bargain basement shop. So why are you acting all shocked and surprised? Yeah. And, I mean, if you listen to the podcast, we've been telling you this. This is the way it's been for years. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, no. Yeah, and, and you look at it, there are guys that are out there that, sure, I would be interested in that I don't think would be breaking the bank. You know, a guy like Sheldon Rankins, for me, who could who would basically be, I think, an upgrade over what Jonathan Hankins was doing for you last year as a big-body yeah. dude in the middle. Well, Sheldon Rankins would be a guy who's right outside the top 50 free agents, probably, 29 years old, but it's going to cost you, it, it probably costs you eight, eight and a half million dollars a year to get a guy like that. That's late veterans money. Right. And, and so the Cowboys will tell you, well, you can't sign that guy and then also go and sign a Leighton Vanderash, which, of course, we know is horse shit. And other other teams are proving it left and right. But that's what they'll do. They'll wave their one hand over here and try to convince you that, well, we paid Dak, so we can't go out and do all these things over here now, which I think is comical. And, and point being, for instance, what the Kansas City Chiefs did, the Kansas City Chiefs, Pat Mahomes has a $49 million cap hit this upcoming year. Chris Jones has a $28 million cap hit this upcoming year. Let's see who else. Joe Thune has a $22 million cap hit this year. And somehow, somehow, despite all that, they were able to sign Jawan Taylor to bolster their offensive line to a four-year deal worth $80 million. Well, now. How do you think they did that, man? I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, Jerry I and Steven have told me that, that you, you can't pay a quarterback like that and also go out and be active and sign these guys. Dude, it's what they say all the time. Man. You can do what you want to. Exactly. Yes, the, the cap point, is a myth. It's so flexible. At some point, the bill comes due. At some point. Some point could be two years, four years, six years. It, you know, it's whenever. Because you can keep pushing that out for a minute, and then one year you just decide, okay, we don't really have a chance to win this year. So this is a year we'll take all the hits. Um, so, you know, it's frustrating to fans. I get it. You get it. Uh, the team is good, so they're looking more for spackling than saviors. Uh, but uh, I, I understand why fans throw shade at them. Well, and it's really, really difficult because the San Francisco 49ers, you know, the team that beat the Cowboys in the playoffs, the San Francisco 49ers, who the Cowboys can't seem to get past, they go out and make a trade for Christian McCaffrey. Oh, you can't have a running back making 12-plus million dollars a year. Nah, that's probably not good. You got Nick Bosa, George Kittle, Fred Warner, Eric Armstead, and Trent Williams on that roster. Every single one of the guys I just named is a minimum $18 million cap hit. But wow. somehow, somehow, some way, Jacques, somehow they were able to go out and sign Javon Hargrave to add him to the yeah. middle of that nasty defense that they already had. Nah, and you know who else has noticed this, man? Micah Parsons. Have you seen him all over Twitter talking about I mean, it, bro? you know, somehow, somehow the 49ers are able to sign Javon Hargrave to a four-year, $84 million contract. And I think that's the, like, 
again, I get it. Like, uh, free agency hadn't even really started yet, and you got people throwing in the towel. Oh, they suck. They're not going to do this. They're not going to do that. <laughs> you know, it's a long process, man. It's a, it's a long season. It's a long off season. But that being said, you look around, and I see why people go crazy when they're like, dude, we're just getting started, and the other teams are already getting better that we got to compete mm-hmm. with. I mean, you look at the Giants. My okay, God. they just traded for Darren Waller today. You're like, oh, I guess they figured out a way to make it happen real quick. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, that can be frustrating to a team. Like, damn, other teams can make moves. What's, what about us? Yeah, that's the problem is that you, as Cowboys fans, what are we doing? We're comparing ourselves to other teams that we feel we are on that level of. Much like last year, the moves that the Eagles made in the offseason – that paid off and got them to a Super Bowl. Now, they have lost, I believe, already four of their own free agents. They lost two of their, their both of their coordinators, I should say. You know, are they going to fall off? Maybe, but it worked for last year, and they've still got some nice pieces and a couple of first-round draft picks that they've got to use. You know, and so you look at teams like that, and then, like I mentioned, the Chiefs, who just won a Super Bowl, who are saying, hey, you know what? Our offensive line needs to be better. Who's the best tackle on the market? Go get them. The 49ers who are frustrated as hell because they're, they keep hitting their head on that ceiling and they sit there and they go, man, we made that trade for McCaffrey. It still wasn't enough. What do we do? Go get the best defensive tackle available on the market. How much? Doesn't matter. Go figure it out. And so they do that. And so when we look at the Cowboys and go, man, it, it sure would be nice to have a, a Hargrave in the middle of your defensive line or you know maybe even a James Bradbury opposite Dravon Diggs, whatever the case may be adding something to this team I think it's frustrating to see other teams doing it and I also think the frustration is other teams are now look you don't have to go out and do what the Jacksonville Jaguars did last year but look at what the Chiefs did look at what the Eagles did last year look at what the 49ers are doing and you're saying okay is there a guy or two that we can add right now that makes this team better in the next year or two so we can go for a Super Bowl I'm not talking about going and signing 18 free agents Exactly. It's okay to look at another team's free agent because the counter argument is, well, you know, if the other team really wanted them, they would have re-signed them. Maybe that dude wanted to hit the open market so he could hit bank. Yeah. Or, you know, they had, they liked the Cowboys. They had other players that they prioritized, and that's one that they didn't. It's a position that they didn't prioritize, something like that. Uh, guys get free for all sorts of reasons. Um, but, uh, you know, man, it's uh, – Cowboys will make some moves. But, you know, I – and I hate to be the voice of uh, sound like a Mary Sunshine here, but you know they 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 picked up Javon Curse off that scrap heap, and he turned out pretty good. Uh, yeah, you know the, the guys that they're losing are fringe players on the Cowboys, except for for uh, Connor McGovern, and even he wasn't like, oh my God, we, what do we, how do we function without Connor McGovern? Their their interest in keeping him was tepid at best. Um, so they're losing people that don't have big roles on the team, which is one reason why they feel comfortable letting them go. Yeah, and that's why I think it'll be interesting to see what they do because there are still – look, there's a lot of names that are out there, guys that are under 30 years old that I, you don't have to break the bank for. Like I said, I mean, I, 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 it wouldn't bother me at all if they wanted to go out there and get Sheldon Rankins because I think he's an upgrade. Or even like a Fletcher Cox who, yeah, he's 32 years old, but that dude can still ball and, and – Apparently, they want a guy like that in the middle because they made that trade for Jonathan Hankins in the middle of the season last year. No, that's you're right. Those are kinds of uh, veteran moves you make. 
Now, you know, just given my experience, those guys are also available, you know, in August. I mean, in uh, June, right before, uh, you know, training camp starts in July. So there's there'll be an opportunity to get some veterans uh, up until training sure. camp, especially guys with eight, nine, ten years experience uh, who aren't really sweating the process. They just like I'm going to end up somewhere. It's just a matter of where. Uh, but um, your Dallas Cowboys, man, uh, I understand what they're doing, and so I'm not going to get caught up in the frustration until they don't do anything. And you know those boys, they're going to do something. Yeah, and it'll be some somebody somewhere and. You know, you look at some of these names, and I wonder if in the secondary, if there's somebody out there that they might be looking at to bring in at corner or something like that. I mean, obviously, I don't think it's going to be a safety, but they need a corner. I mean, we're all aware of some of the positions that they need, and there are some names out there, but I get it. I mean, when I saw that the Giants traded for Darren Waller today, I was like, you got to be kidding me. I was like, so th- so not only did they just break the bank for Daniel Jones, which we can agree or disagree on whether or not he's worth the money, it doesn't matter. It's the neighborhood they're shopping in. Darren Waller comes over, now is in the division. This is a dude who's 30 years old. Now, to be fair, the last couple of years, he has not been the Darren Waller of what he was for two years in a row there with the with the Raiders. And you look at that and you say, okay, well, maybe – He's only played in 20 out of a possible 33 games the last two years. He's dealt with some injuries, but if healthy, it cost him a third-round pick. That's a dude who, had, had, for a couple of seasons, was uncoverable. Dude. I mean, who doesn't want that kind of player? And, you know, sometimes you're just trying to figure out, man, like, where do they fit in? Was it a bad year? Was it a bad scheme fit? Will the new fresh place uh, fix them up? Uh, do our coaches have an end with them? who can fix them up. Those are all the kinds of things you got to do, but I'd be willing to take a chance on some guys like that because the rewards can be big. Um, you know, uh, I mean, they can just be big if you hit it and if you trust your coaching staff to get the best out of these guys. Yeah, and, and the Eagles made a move, of course, and it, it, it does it blow you away? No, but Rashad Penny, who they signed away from the Seattle Seahawks, who broke his leg last year, has dealt with some injuries but and I, I haven't seen the number on him, but Rashad Penny is one of those guys who's so interesting because and, and I couldn't believe this when Next Gen Stats posted this. Yeah. Rashad Penny, since the beginning of 2021, with running backs that have a minimum 100 carries, leads the NFL in yards per carry and leads the NFL in yards after contact. But again, He's an injury risk because I say this, well, he played 10 games in 2021 and five games last year. So he's played in 15 out of the last 33 possible games. Damn, but they ain't going to ask him to carry the ball 315 times either. He's going to say, hey, get in where you fit in, Mr. Penny. And uh, now let me ask you this. Do you think, uh, well, I don't think, I don't view him as a number one guy uh, in part because of his injury history. You think he takes them out of the Bijan Robinson sweepstakes or it just makes it easier to pair him with Bijan Robinson? I think it would still very much keep them in the Bijan sweepstakes. Yeah, I was afraid you were going to say that. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, it's such a good fit for the Eagles. I, I, I don't know why you wouldn't want to. And keep in mind, you know, Miles Sanders was a free agent. Boston Scott was a free agent. Right. So they needed more than just a running back. They needed a couple of them. So it's, 
it's interesting because he has dealt with so many injuries over his career. But again, when healthy ha- has been explosive, I mean, two years ago, granted, he he played, like I said, he only played in 10 games. He started in in five of them. But two years ago in 2021, on 119 carries, he averaged 6.3 yards per attempt. Mm. Nothing wrong with that. That's not bad, man. I mean, if if, if, no. if all you want that dude to be is like your kind of Tony Pollard 10 to 12 carry a game guy, the Eagles just upgraded something with some explosion there and see what they do in the draft. I, I just think that's where the frustration comes from is you see these other teams that are at least trying to not just improve but aren't afraid of other teams' free agents if they see them correctly. And I think the biggest one for me when I saw the 49ers and the, the money they gave Hargrave, I just shook my head. I was like, I mean, that's just stupid. Really? I mean, Eric yeah. Armstead, Nick Bosa, and Javon Hargrave on the same defense with Fred Warner at linebacker. Are you kidding me? Dude, they're trying to lock it down. But that's they're what trying. you should do when you have that window that you believe you're in. Yeah. Go for Plus, it. Uh, now, what's the, what's, the, what's the rationale also going to be? Their quarterback's on a rookie deal. And it doesn't matter whether you're talking about Trey Lance or Brock Purdy. Or I guess Sam Darnold's not, but he's a backup. <laughs> yeah, uh, very true. <laughs> you know? And so they got some flexibility, and they're doing what you're supposed to do with it. Yeah, and, and, and I mean, to be fair, that you're, you're correct. But then again, I mean, you look at this, and they've got, what is that, six dudes that have a $12 million or higher cap hit this upcoming season. You know, and, and, and so what do they do with Hargrave to make it work for this year? Well, they backloaded his contract and, and bonused him a bit. So Javon Hargrave's cap hit this season is $6.6 million. Seems palatable to me. I mean, they've got three dudes on their defense, not including him. Armstead, Warner, and Nick Boza, minimum $18 million a year, minimum for those three guys, with Armstead leading the way a $24 million cap hit this year. <laughs> But they're making it work. They're doing it. Dude, you can do what you want to do, bro. Yeah, I know. And I that's... mean, you, you really can. You can do what you want to do. Um, you know, it's just there's some risk involved in all of it. It's the frustration of being a Cowboys fan. And to your point earlier, you look at some of the one-year deal guys that they have signed, you know, whether it was a Dante Fowler and Anthony Barr, Curse, as you pointed out, Hooker. You know, those types of guys on on smaller contracts that they bring in that have turned out pretty well over the last few years. And and maybe that's what you need. It, it's, you know, there are some guys like Arakia Sin, who's 27 years old, cornerback for the Raiders, who's a free agent, is right. another one of those guys who's a younger cornerback who is probably not ever going to be a true number one, but can he be a good number two? You know, that might be a little bit more affordable in that ballpark. If you're trying to replace an Anthony Brown, you need somebody to rotate in with the Jordan Lewis. Um, exactly. And those are the things you're looking at. Um, you don't think Kelvin Joseph can get that done? <laughs> Why are you laughing, man? I forgot he was on the team, man. Come on. <laughs> yeah, you got Kelvin Joseph over there, bro. You just, you just ignore I mean, him, man. Like he don't exist. You know, part of it, though, is like you look at some of these guys that are out there like Sean Murphy Bunning with the Bucks, who's like 26, him and Rocky Sin, they both had injuries last year. But you look at it in, in like a guy like Malik Hooker who dealt with injuries and then fit in well with the Cowboys. So they have a good eye for finding little guys like that. It, it's 
it's tough when other teams are improving and, and it's hard to be patient because you want the Cowboys to show you that they also are going to be improving. Yeah, but you got, God, I hate to say that. You got to believe that they will based on their track record. All right, so they've won 12 games each of the last two years. Their track record seems to be pretty good. Uh, they're just not going to do it the way we would want for them to do it the way that would make us happy. But then, bro, I read something today that says, you can go back and look at, uh, I think it's from two years ago, maybe three where the Patriots went all out, of count, all out of character and just signed like five or six free agents at a total of $292 million. And in that time, they are 16 and 16. Yeah. And two or three of those guys, they've since released. You know, so spending money, as we know, is not the end-all, be-all in free agency. Uh, it's a happy medium in there that you're trying to achieve. Yeah, and that's that's the key is is more like doing what the 49ers are doing to a, to a degree and saying, okay, who? let's identify one guy that we truly believe can impact this team. And if it costs money, so what? Let's figure out how to make it work because our window's now. Let's go get a ring. Exactly. And that's where the Cowboys, I think, are lacking on that. What do you think about Eli Apple? Would you be interested in him at all? Okay, now, see, this is a setup question. No, because he's an Ohio State guy, and then he's a Buckeye. Yeah, I don't think Eli Apple can play. Okay, I mean, I think he's just a guy. So no, I ain't interested in him. Because he's kind of down there in that group of free agent DBs where Anthony Brown is listed. And it pains me to say that. But he's, I think, but, a year or two younger than Brown. Yeah, but I don't. I don't. I think he's literally just a guy. Like I think Anthony Brown's okay, but I think I think Eli Apple's just a guy. Yeah. So. I don't know. It's going to be interesting because they'll, they'll sign a couple of guys and maybe a couple of them we, we are very, very unfamiliar with. And, and then there'll be somebody they're like, OK, yeah, I heard of him. Wasn't he good a couple of years ago? And then you realize, oh, he blew out his knee and he ripped his arm off and they surgically reattached it. But the Cowboys got him for a veteran minimum. So, yes, yeah, Cowboys move. <laughs> so we'll see how it goes, man. I don't know. It's been it's we knew it was going to be this way and we know it's going to be this way every single year and yet every single year when it happens we still we go ah just make like a move a move <laughs> i mean dude they were getting killed on twitter yesterday i was just like what is wrong with y'all man i know i mean I, I i posted i think i was like all right nfl free agency is here i can't wait to see what other teams do and the cowboys wait to sign their one million dollar a year guys because it's true. That's what they do. You know, the other thing that happened while we were recording this, or maybe it was right before we started, this whole thing with Aaron Rodgers is absurd. And apparently, like a couple of different people reported that he has requested for the Jets to sign a variety of wide receivers, including Alan Lazard, Randall Cobb, Potentially check in an Odell Beckham Jr. Well, the Jets have signed Alan Lazard. He just got a four-year, $44 million deal with the idea that, okay, you go get a couple of these receivers that I want, and then I'll, we'll figure out how to get me over there to the Jets, which I thought was strange because they got Garrett Wilson, who was pretty damn good last year. No, I think, I think he just wants you – know, like, you know Garrett Wilson's going to be good. It's what are we going to do with spots two, three, four, and five? And, uh, hey, if my guys are free and they don't cost all that much, uh, why not just get the guys I had in Green Bay because I don't have to spend any time learning them while I learn this new offense and everything. Yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting, man. I mean, $11 million a year for Alan Lazard, but I guess that's where we're at. Well, what were you we talking about with safeties and Donovan Wilson? No, that's true. Make that's very true. 18, 19 million, which means 
guys like him make, you know, eight or nine. Or look at this. I thought this was a great example, and maybe you're going to get to it later. It's like Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah. All right? Because I looked, I was like, wow, 72 million. Then I did the math. I'm like, oh, well, that's kind of three years and 24 million, but the best quarterbacks get 45 and 50. So I actually know. thought the Jimmy D- G deal was fantastic for the Raiders. Yeah, if he plays. I was like, if he's healthy. What you, what you hope, he's a better quarterback than that. Or yeah. Get paid I mean, more than that. You're getting that dude for 20 something million dollars a year? Okay. Why not? And see what you got. And then, of course, you ship out Darren Waller. <laughs> I don't know, I mean, man. Maybe, it's wild. Maybe they're going know. to maybe they're going to draft one of those. There's this good tight end for drafts in the first two rounds. So maybe they've already decided to go take it one could in the be. second round. You know, it's it's wild because Aaron Rodgers. I mean, he he obviously is just comfortable with Cobb and he's been around him for forever, and he must be comfortable with his five years with Alan Lazard because Lazard, five years in the league. This is not a season. This is his five year career total. <laughs> 169 catches for 2,236 yards. So a dude that in five years has averaged three catches for 39 yards a game just got $11 million a year. Hey, man, it's good to have friends in high places, Aaron Rodgers. I mean, wow. And maybe maybe this will be his breakout year. <laughs> maybe. Going to be kind of hard with Garrett yeah. Wilson over there, but you never know. You know, year six. Finally, year six, Aaron Rodgers is like, oh, I would have helped you out a little bit more in Green Bay, but I got you paid, buddy. How's it going? And then I thought, how funny is it going to be if Aaron Rodgers is doing all of this and they, they sign a couple of these dudes and he goes, nah, I'm retiring. Bro. Can you imagine? I mean, he can do that, but he wouldn't do that. So now, I mean, I don't know, man. This is right now the Jets receivers, Garrett Wilson, Alan Lazard, Corey Davis, Denzel Mims, and Elijah Moore. Nah, bro, they need a couple of receivers. But this draft again. We'll see. I mean, they need at least uh, well, you know, and look, kind of a kind of a um, do it all receiver. They need, I think, a little bit more of a speed guy, even though Garrett Wilson can run. Yeah, he can he can fly, man. But let's keep in mind we're assuming one that Aaron Rodgers goes to the Jets, and two he can beat out Zach Wilson because you know Zach Wilson <laughs> did say that he will make it hell for any veteran quarterback that they happen to bring into camp. Yeah, okay. Is so. that because he's going to be pu- pulling pranks and? You know, stuff like that. Well, I thought it was going to be like, because he'd be banging Aaron Rodgers' mom. But Aaron Rodgers would be like, oh, wow, that's my wow. mom? I had no idea. Wow, bro. I can't, <laughs> I can't believe. Wow. Me? He's the one that went there. Wow. I'm just, I thought that was Zach Wilson's M.O. Hey, you know, I had a question for you, man. Uh, okay, it's not an issue. I found this interesting. Well, let me double check. I was like, um... Uh, you know, what if is Broadway Joe's uh, 12 retired? Holy crap. That's a good question. I was looking for it. And uh, what what number would he wear? What did he wear at Cal? Okay. I see here that apparently Joe Namath, who had his number 12 retired in 1985, has said he will allow his number out of retirement if Aaron Rodgers winds up with the Jets. You know, I hate that. He says, I hope it can come true, but it's far-fetched. I'm a big Rodgers fan. I noticed he wears number 12, of course. So, Dude, I just hate that, man. But he said, if he's there, yeah, I want him to wear his number. We got a real respect for our numbers. Aaron Rodgers would be great to have him in New York. I think, I mean, all signs point that he's going to New York. 
I don't know where else he's going to go. Green Bay doesn't want the guy, and nobody else apparently does. So it's yeah, either retire so or go to the Jets. Yeah, I anticipate him going to – I mean, I ain't bringing no news here. I anticipate him going to the Jets, and I think that's going to be, wow, quite a bit of fun. It's going to be interesting to see what he does it's, there. It's going to be a zoo. It is going to be and, a zoo. It always and, is with that guy. You know, even though I, I know several of the reporters in Green Bay, uh, Rob Domofsky and yeah. Tom Silverstein and Bob McGinn, uh, you know, that ain't the hardest market. And, it's, you know, some of it has to do with TV because uh, beat guys do what they do. Uh, he won't have that problem in New York, man. And uh, it'll be interesting to see which version of uh, Aaron Rodgers you get, the engaging guy or the kind of aloof douchebag. Yeah, it'll be interesting because he's been an aloof douchebag for a very long time now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A very long time. Maybe he just needs to take himself to Freeway Tire Shop and just let JR and his crew work on him. Like, just himself. <laughs> Not even his car. Just walking in back, hey, man, can, can you fix me? And JR would yeah. look at that dude and be like, well, I'm going to do my best. I'm going to stand behind this work. We'll, we'll hope we can pull this off for you. But, I mean, that's what they do, man. JR, Freeway Tire. I mean, they do it all. Oil changes and then the tire rotations and stuff. But they also do the heavier mechanic stuff. Obviously, new tires and as we've been telling you guys for forever, it's a fair price, it's high-quality work, and it's elite-level customer service, a mechanic you can trust. No, nah, that's why you got to rock with the JR, man, because uh, the, the best thing he does is diagnose what's wrong with your car. And the second best thing he does is, hey, do you want quality parts? I got those, but do you want this version that's a little cheaper or this version that's a little more expensive? Not every dealer does that. Not every mechanic does that. And so you, you got to keep that in mind. And then you go to the fact that you know, he charges you a fair price, and then you can trust the fact that he stands behind his work. So if your mechanic is not doing all four of those things, diagnosing your problem quickly, you know what I mean, using quality parts, charging you a fair price, and stand behind your work, then take your butt as fast as you can, as soon as you can. Right up 35 North Toward then get off the Commonwealth, go through the light. JR is right on the right. You cannot miss him. And then uh, you can send me a thank you note later. Yeah, yeah. Do it that way. It'll be a lot of fun for you. So make that happen. Freewaytireshop.com. You can schedule an appointment, request a quote online. Also, of course, we are made possible, as always, by HFX Foundation Solutions. Aaron and his guys. You know, that's one of the things, all the people that we work with and that have been with us for a long time now on the podcast, they're just really good people. And they're, it's usually family-owned stuff that, actually, not usually, it is family-owned businesses where these people are good people, they're listeners just like you, and they treat you like family. And I think that's what's so great. Aaron does the same thing. Just elite-level customer service. And foundation is one of those things you don't want to mess with. It's a free, no-obligation inspection. So if you notice some of those things, you, you got those cracks, those sticking doors and all that, give them a call and see, have them come out. Maybe you have a problem, maybe you don't. Also, I know it's been raining a little bit in the DFW area recently, Make sure you have gutters. If you do not have gutters on your home, you need to get them. And HFX Foundation Solutions does gutter installations as well. Right. So pick up the phone. Call Aaron. Y'all know the number by now. 817-770-0174. Tell me you need to call an Oscar before you crib. Laugh when you do it. Make him feel good. Yeah. But what are we saying? We're just saying treat the inside of your house the same way you treat the inside of your body. Make sure nothing's wrong and everything's great. Maybe you have a perfect colon like me. Maybe you'll get a perfect report on your house. How about that? Uh, but, uh, you know, if, 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 if Aaron and his team do find something, then as I like to say, chances are they find it early, man. 
And if you find it early, you can deal with it at a fraction of the cost if you find it late. But you won't know if you don't call Aaron and HFX over there at 817-770-0174 and say, yo, bro, I need that colonoscopy for my crib. You are exactly right. So call him. Say that. 817-770-0174 online, hfxfoundation.com. So I wanted to throw a couple of things out here for you. First off, it... I don't know how many listeners were watching the Oscars on Sunday, but I watched it because I, I enjoy that type of thing. And sure enough, everything, everywhere, all at once ends up winning seven of the 11 awards that it was nominated for. Wow. Including four of the five major awards. And, and the major awards are the, the best, it won best picture, it won best director, it won best original screenplay, and it won best actress. But they did not win Best Actor. They weren't nominated, but they did win Best Supporting Actor and Best Supporting Actress. So, you know, you're talking about a movie, three of the four main acting categories it wins. It wins screenplay. It wins direction. I mean, it is, and I've mentioned this a million times, it is, it's a very, very unique, extremely original movie. I've never seen a movie like this before. And it's funny because when they were accepting their award, they basically said, you know, we came up with the idea because I was like, hey, what if we put my mom in the Matrix? <laughs> and it, it kind of has that sort of vibe to it. It's a multiverse. It's extremely creative. And it goes way down the rabbit hole in some multiverse type things. But it's brilliant, man. It is one of the best written, best movies in a long time and very deserved of the seven Oscars. But you got to keep your head on a swivel, brother, trying to figure out what's going on. Yeah, you got to pay attention. I'd like to watch it again because there's so much in it. And I thought it was cool because the dude who won Best Supporting Actor, you know, started as a child actor and he was in The Goonies and he, he played short round in Raiders of the Lost Ark with Harrison Ford. Dude, I don't remember in that. I remember, I remember him in The Goonies. I mean, how could you not if you watched The Goonies? Yeah. Which Pinchers of Pal. Pinchers of Pal. Yeah, that guy. <laughs> That yeah, was like, him, yeah. And, and I like that flick. It, it's, it's so, his career was really wild because he did those two movies, only did two more movies in the 80s, did Encino Man in 1992 with Brendan Fraser, who won Best Actor for The Whale, and then disappeared for like 10 years. And since 2002, he had only been in, one other movie until everything everywhere all at once he was in some movie called finding ohana they cast him in this movie which was really his first major role in over 20 years and he ends up winning best wow. supporting actor at the oscars yeah somebody ought to write a book about that it's incredible and what's wild is you know he, he just his speech when he won you could just see how truly happy he was and how much joy of him kind of talking about how he had basically given up on his dream and, and he realized he, it just wasn't going to work for him and his wife standing by him and not letting him give up. And he kept hanging around trying to find work and he finally gets in and has this opportunity and you look at him now and, you know, he, he was so excited to see Steven Spielberg. And at the end, Harrison Ford came out to present the award for Best Picture. And when they won, this dude runs up on stage and is like freaking out, hugging Harrison Ford. And, you know, because Harrison <laughs> Ford obviously was Indiana Jones and, and the very, or excuse me, not Raiders of the Lost Ark. It was Temple of Doom. He played short round. 
he was right. a, he was a little kid in that movie. That was the first movie he was ever in with Harrison Ford, who's presenting the award for the movie he's in now, winning Best Picture. Some almost forty years later. Jeez, it's a lot of moving parts on that story. Bro. I mean, it's crazy. Some things of fate or destiny. Or it both. is. It is, and and it's. You know, it's like the story we told about Brendan Fraser on the last podcast. He kind of disappeared for a while. I mean, it, it's it's wild to think this. And two more things from the Oscars that blew my mind. One, Michelle Yao, who won Best Actress for Everything Everywhere, is the first Asian woman in the 95-year history of the Oscars to win Best Actress. Wow. And I believe she is the first Asian at all to win an Academy Award. I know for a fact she's the first Asian woman to win Best Actress. The other thing that blew my mind, and this kind of speaks to why the Oscars, the diversity and the lack of diversity that plagued them for a while and they kind of redid yeah. some things. And, right. and, and, this, and, and this blew my mind when I saw this the other day. And, and Ruth E. Carter, who's a costume designer, Right. She won best costume design for the Wakanda movie that recently came out this past summer. That's her right. second Oscar that she has won because she also won for Black Panther. Right. She, she is the first African-American woman in Oscar history to win multiple Oscars. Oh, my. Well, maybe there just haven't been that many good black actresses. I... <sighs> Or designers or any of that. Oh, man, we get it. You know, um, I mean, I think some people were probably read the clip from that anonymous Oscar voter who was like, uh, you know, I mean, he basically explained his thought process and basically said, I didn't even watch the movie. So, you know, you're never going to get rid of all that until, I mean, it just takes time for those people to stop voting and be right. voted out and die and all this other stuff and be replaced by a younger more open generation, uh, you know, that understands uh, or that just looks at movies in a different light. Yeah, and, and, and part of it is trying to have more inclusivity in the nominations to allow more diverse winners over the course of time. And, and we've seen that. It's gotten a lot better in recent years. It's, I mean, there are some, you know, Viola Davis to me is one that pops into my mind that is, you know, is a black actress who is just absolutely phenomenal and she's been nominated a couple of times where I thought I, she should have won, in, not last year, the year before, I guess that was 2020. She should have won over Frances McDormand, who won for Nomadland, and, and Viola Davis played in Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Right, right. She was terrific in that. Yeah, she, I, I don't know how in the world Frances McDormand won. I mean, quite just my personal opinion. I, that movie, I whatever. And, you know, you look at uh, the other year that she got nominated several years ago, she got nominated for The Help. Well, unfortunately, that was the same year that Meryl Streep played Margaret Thatcher in The Iron Lady. And, I mean, Meryl Streep was unbelievable as Margaret Thatcher. So it's tough, man. It's, it's like you, you only have so many roles in your lifetime that I think can put you on this level. That's a good way to put it. And you look at some, like Austin Butler, the kid who played Elvis. Yeah. I mean, man, I don't know if you've seen that movie. That I'm telling you, that dude is, he is Elvis. It is uncanny. Now, did you see the thing where he said he was still talking like Elvis yeah. four, four months later because he had just breathed his life into that character? Yeah, and, and 
I, I sat there when they announced that Brendan Fraser won. I sat there and I go, man, Austin Butler literally got to play a role. He was probably born to play, but he just happened to get nominated in the year in which Brendan Fraser had the role of his lifetime. It'd be like that sometimes, man. Sometimes, uh, you know, you got to go through Joe Montana to get to the Super Bowl. Or that's true. With Mike, or you got to deal with Michael Jordan. And that's just your tough luck when, when, when your best teams for two or three years have to deal with Jordan or LeBron and you can't get past them. Yeah, and there's, there's probably been some actresses that have felt that way in, in certain years where, you know, like uh, Meryl Streep has been nominated, I think, 17 times. And, you know, it's almost like, okay, we, can we just do, here's the five actresses that are nominated and also Meryl Streep. <laughs> you know, because, I mean, Meryl Streep is on a level that, I mean. She's Meryl Streep? She's Meryl Streep. I mean, what do you want me to say? I don't know. There's, there's nothing else to say. But I, 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 I used to be, I mean, I was so into the Academy Awards for a long time, and I used to be able to, to name for years every single winner, like Best Picture, Best Actress, and Best Actor going back to the beginning of the Oscars. Wow. I'm still pretty good at it, but I, I don't have the memory. It, I, you know, I haven't paid a, that much attention to it. I'm way better with Best Picture than I am with actresses and actor winners, but I remember most of them. Like Viola Davis, I know she's won before, but she never won for Best Actress. She won Best Supporting Actor, or Actress, excuse me, for uh, Fences. Yeah. That she was fantastic in. Yeah, she she was. So, fun little time there. The other thing I wanted to throw out, and this is for all of you living over there in the DFW, and this is wild. So, apparently this weekend, coming up on Saturday on the 18th at Clyde Warren Park. Yes. They are having a festival called Seltzerland in which you can pay a fee and sample more than 100 seltzers. The hard seltzers that are becoming so insanely popular now. Interesting, interesting. You're not a big seltzer guy, are you? I'm not, no. I, 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 there is a time and place for them. They're low calorie. Oh. They're super easy. Uh, you know, look, when you're out in the river, you're at a pool, I, I can get, I've done it before, I get why people like the White Claw, the Truly, if you're going to be laying out on a river or a pool for several hours, it's a hell of a lot easier than drinking five IPAs in the beating sun. Matt, we have to leave seltzer talk and go to this talk. Okay, breaking news. Do you know what it is? No, I haven't seen. You're a Dallas cap? Oh, oh this will be great. Oh, my God. This will be great. This will be great. Stay off, stay off of Twitter and everything okay. else, Matt. The Dallas Cowboys have made a bold move. They are sending a fifth-round compensatory pick. Oh, finally, smart. To the Indianapolis Colts for five-time Pro Bowl cornerback Stephon Gilmore. All right, they're making a move, man. You got to like that. And how old is Stephon now? Is he 33? I don't know. Tell me, look, he's 32. Let me see when he turns 33. He turns 33 at the beginning of September. So 33 years old. All right. His fifth team. That's why he's that's why he's uh, a fifth round compensatory pick. Yeah, and you know what? That's why you have those damn comp picks. Thank God you didn't all use them in the draft. That is fantastic. Yeah. I have zero problem with that. I think that's fantastic trade. No, because he can play. This is a dude last year for the Indianapolis Colts started, started 16, sixteen games. Yes, go ahead. Let's see. He had fifty three tackles and two interceptions. He has had an interception or more in every single year of his career. As a matter of fact. In two years, he had one interception, and every single other year, he had two or more interceptions. Yeah, 11 passes a, defensed. Okay. 
No, he's a now. See, here's this is the thing. Dude. I like this. I like this a lot, actually. He's still a good player. I didn't say he's a great player. He's still a good player, and now he's better than the guys you had on the roster. Yep. So you've upgraded, and if and you hey, this doesn't prevent you from drafting one in the first or second round because this dude's thirty two. That just means the guy you can draft could play the slot, or you move somebody else inside to the slot, and this and then he learns on the fly. And then he's ready to take over when Gilmore is gone in a year or two. What's uh, what's Gilmore's money? I'm trying to see. It looked like he was at. They're saying the Colts will save nine point nine million dollars in cap space. Did he get one of those? You know, it's interesting too because now, yeah, okay. So he had a two-year, twenty million dollar contract. So that's what it would be. So he's ten million dollars this year because he was only did the one year in Indianapolis. Okay, great. I like this move quite a bit, man, because, again, Trayvon Diggs is your number one corner, so you're not even asking Gilmore to cover the number one receiver. That's why I liked it. Okay, yeah, That's he's, he's nine, $9.9 million cap hit this year. Yeah, and uh, he's a guy who can still play, and it, it makes you a better team, it, and it makes your defense better and gives you some flexibility. Probably means this uh, solidifies goodbye to Anthony Brown. Yep, and that'll do that because you got Jordan Lewis coming back and Deron Bland, who showed a little something last year. That gives you, in my opinion, you got four solid cornerbacks right now, and you they, just resign your safety. That's a nice secondary. There you go for getting Kelvin Joseph again. <sighs> Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. He's not going to be on the team. If he is, it's just, he'll be the new C.J. Goodwin. Maybe so, maybe so. Uh, but I still God. think they could, they could draft a corner. But maybe, but now it's not a priority, and they can go take their best player, and hopefully it's a receiver. God, this is just or maybe, fantastic. Or maybe it's an offensive lineman. But I think this is good because it means it provides flexibility in the draft. Yeah, I mean, you're worried about Kelvin Joseph. What about Nashawn Wright, man? Come on. Did you forget about him? Oh, yeah, I did. <laughs> <laughs> Point is, now they've got some depth. This is a great move by the Dallas Cowboys. See, look at y'all tripping. I'm Say excited about this, now. man. Yeah, okay. I thought you would be. That's why I had to stop the seltzer talk and, uh, and move on to something a little more pressing. Uh, that said, I have never really been able to get into seltzer. It's not a big deal for me. Yeah, I'm not. I mean, the, the, the wild thing about this, so back to the seltzer land thing going on at Clyde Warren this, this weekend. They say that in 2018, only 10 hard seltzer brands were on the market. By 2020, there were 65. And they now say here in the year of 2023, they are tracking around 350 hard seltzer brands in the United States, not including craft owners who exclusively sell their products on site. When I saw Topo Tapa, Tapa, Chico had one, I knew it was over. Everybody's got a damn seltzer, man. Yeah, and you know what? If I'm going to drink one, I'm good with Truly or White Claw. I'm, I don't need, I don't even know what else. I don't know. Yeah, I tried those. And like I said, they were okay, but they weren't, they weren't special enough for me to drink them on any kind of regular basis uh, but you did make me think of something I almost want to do this but I'm too cheap to do it um, I was getting some sparkling water the other day you know my, my favorites are strawberry and pineapple Waterloo uh, so I was getting some and I had seen a news uh, seen a magazine or Twitter article or something about this uh, and I glanced it but I didn't really look at it I just saw it and I'm going through the shelf this was at Whole Foods man there's some sparkling water out there called Death Valley, I believe. Have you heard of that? It's like $18 for a case. Yeah, I know what and you're I'm talking about. And I'm just like, I just want to be like, 
The liquid death, is that what you're talking about? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay, yes, yes. Like, I almost want to see, I almost want to taste it and be like, what's so good that makes you think you can have $18 water? I don't know. I've had it and I don't know. Oh, you've had it. Yes. You've had it. Yeah, we were at somewhere. This is a few months back and I saw it and I was like, oh, you know what? Because I, I, th- I thought it was an alcoholic thing. Right. I and then I too. looked at it and I was like, I was like, sparkling water and i looked at the can i was like this is just water and so i got some i i don't i, I mean i'm sorry man i still think waterloo is better dude okay so give me a review it it I, as i recall because i i got one of the i'm trying to remember what flavor i got because i probably got it if they have a lime one that's probably what i got because that's usually what i go for i just thought it was a a slightly it didn't have the flavor I was hoping for. I could have used a little bit more and I, it, I don't know. Like I just, I didn't understand other than the fact that the can was cool and it had funny stuff on the can and about, you need this can right now, crack it open. Your thirst is killing you. This will kill it. You know that I was like, okay. So, cause their tagline is murder your thirst. Okay. I, I was like, like this must be the only reason why this is so popular. Cause it's marketed extremely well. Okay, well, I mean, that's part of the game. But it doesn't taste but, as good as Waterloo, in my opinion. I mean, water, and I, I try to tell you, if you haven't had sparkling water before, you know, Waterloo, it, and now some are a little different than others, but for me, personally, the, the um, strawberry and the uh, pineapple and uh, even the black cherry, really, they just have such a robust flavor to them, even though it's water. Yeah. It just feels like you're drinking something that's better than water. It's like soda, but it's not. Yeah, and it's got a. It, it's to me the carbonation level is fantastic, dude. That's what maybe that's what it is. I mean, it is. It it won't. It's not quite Topo, tap, Topo Chico, but no. it'll burn you now. Yeah, Topo Chico is pretty elite, and Waterloo is more affordable than Topo Chico, and Topo Chico is hard to beat. Like if if they were the same price and they had the variety of flavors for Topo Chico they do for Waterloo, I might go to, Topo Chico. But man, I well, love see, that's Waterloo. the other thing. Waterloo and its variety of flavors is it's. I mean, they they're up there. I mean, they got enough flavors now. They got like three or four I don't even really like, and uh, there's still plenty plenty enough for me to like. Man, I do. I I drink three or four Waterloo's a day probably. I'm uh, I'm right there with you, really, really. I'm right there with you. I mean, it's just carbonated water. It's fantastic. Literally, the yeah. two ingredients are carbonated water and natural flavors. It doesn't really get any better than that. I, I like it because it helps you get my water intake in for the day and, you know, helps your skin, all that stuff, man, because it's yeah. just water. It is. But, yeah, that liquid death, I don't know. It, I wasn't, it, it didn't really move the needle for me. <laughs> and, and again, also at the same time, because it, it's more up there, like with the Topo Chico price, it's not cheap. Dude, nah, it's hella expensive. Yeah, and I was like, really? This for that? Oh, here we go. David Moore of the Dallas Morning News just tweeted yeah. out, would say the time for second round pick Kelvin Joseph to carve out a meaningful role in this defense are coming to an end. Oh, see? Yeah, great minds, baby. Great see, minds. See, so there he is. Matt's Goodbye. already forgotten about him, and David's writing him off. Yeah, Bossman Fat is peace out, my friend. That's not my friend. So the final thing I want to throw out, because it does get going on Thursday, the NCAA tournament. You, you don't do a bracket, do you? No, not, not for a long time. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I get I get caught up in them, and, and we'll do official one for the station, for the radio show and all that. But, man, I, if you are filling out a bracket, and then I'll – that one that I do for the station, I will also – there's, like, a group that I'll get into, and it's, like, 10 bucks, winner take all. But then I get crazy, and I fill out, like, all these crazy ones just to see what they'll look like at the end and all that. All right. Because I don't know. I, I find brackets fun, I guess. But – I bring this up because there's a couple of things. If you are going to fill out a bracket that I wanted to throw out for you, there's always going to be some upsets. There's going to be two 12s that beat a five. There's going to be an 11 going to win. Is there going to be a 13? There probably is. Outside of that, man, it's hard. Tens are going to win. But one thing that I started looking at this year, and I, I went kind of on a deep dive on this, and this is just like a quick little thing. In regards to upsets are all fun in the first round. The reality of it is the teams that win the national championship and play for it are the best teams in the country. You don't get the weird (laughs) random Cinderella that makes the run to the national title game. And the point being 19 of the last 20 champions. Oh, there's a big number. 19 out of 20 have ranked in the top 25 in both offensive and defensive efficiency. The only team who won the title that didn't, was 2014 when UConn won. They were 39th in offense and 10th in defense. Mm. And the crazy thing is, all the teams that have played for a national title in the last 10 years, every single one of them, if they weren't top 20 in both, they were top 40 in one and top 10 in the other. So now if you want to pick somebody random, knock yourself out. But the data is telling you that metric wise, the teams that are up there at the top are up there for a reason. So who is that this year? The only teams in the top 25 in both offensive and defensive efficiency going into the tournament, Houston, Connecticut, UCLA, Texas, and Alabama. Well, hell, that's three to top four, right? Yeah. So... Most likely one of those teams, one of those five teams is going to win the national championship. Houston lost Marcus Sasser, which could drastically hurt them. They will not make a run without Marcus Sasser. If he can be okay, we'll see if he can come back maybe round two. UCLA lost one of their big guys. That's going to hurt them. Now, outside of that, but just on the cusp, Kansas and Purdue are both in that realm of top 40 in one thing, top 10 in the other. St. Mary's is 40 in offense, ninth in defense, and Arizona is fourth in offense, 41st in defense, so right on that cusp. But I'm telling you, two of those, two of those teams I just listed are playing for the national championship. Mm. That's my belief. Like, so figure out right. who you want. I think that's cool. I mean, it's kind of simplistic, but it's cool if it, if it turns out like that, and history says it will. Yeah, I mean, as far as all the other upsets go, because it, it's like every year I try to figure this out, and I'm sitting here going, okay, well, who's it going to be? You know, how's this going to play out? What are the most likely upsets? And the reality of it is, it's just so random. But I will tell you this, 11 seeds in the last five tournaments have a winning record. 11 seeds are 11 and 9 against the sixth seed in the last five tournaments. Mm. So, so if you're picking an upset, go there. Maybe pick a couple of 11 seeds. I'd pick a couple of 11s. I'd pick two 10s. I'd pick two, sep- two 12s, 113, and let the rest just go. Don't pick a 14, 15, or 16. Just don't do it. There's no reason to. All right. I so like if you're it. looking for right. some for some key advice and, you know, it's interesting because sticking with college basketball, Chris Beard found a job pretty quick. Dude, I just shake my head at that, bro. 
And the reason I shake my head at that is it's not a matter of guilt or innocence. Okay, this is this is pretty much what he did. And yeah, she well they dropped the charges. Yeah, they dropped the charges because his girlfriend recanted her story later. Uh, but the police report says he bit her, he slapped her, he allegedly hit her. And so for that dude who I have, you know, I don't know Chris Beer from anybody. But if, when that goes down, for you to be able to pick your life up and get another job yeah. a couple months later. I mean, that just says something about winning, man, in our culture and how we just don't give a daggone as long as you can help us win. Yeah. And that's the reality for a program that has never done anything for a coach that all he has done is turn teams around and get them very quickly back to where either they had been at one point or to where they've never gone before. Uh, Well, this will be interesting to see um, how he handles that first press conference or the first couple. Yeah. Because all because he'd never made himself available to the media. So when the reporters from Austin make that drive, make that flight for his first press conference, it'll be interesting to see how he handles that, what he says. In Austin, or excuse me, Oxford, which I'm very familiar with. For those that don't know, my fiance's dad lives in Oxford. And when we've been to Oxford many times, it's such an insulated community. I mean, it is, it is in the north east corner of mississippi 45 ish minutes from tupelo and it is just it's insulated it's not off a major interstate or anything like that i mean you got to want to go to oxford to get there and when you get there it's just this it's a beautiful community i mean the downtown square is really pretty it has this old town kind of vibe to it but it's really, really insulated, and that's one of those things. Like now, granted, when he goes around and travels and whatnot, you can't hide in Oxford. But I mean, it's one of those places. Ole Miss basketball has been colossally irrelevant for its entire existence. They've been playing basketball for over a hundred years. They've been to the NCAA tournament nine times. Jeez, not very often, brother. They've only ever made it to the Sweet Sixteen, so they've only ever advanced out of the first weekend of the tournament once ever in their history. Mm. And Chris Beard, that's what he does. So we'll see, man. It, it is, it's a, it, it's, I mean, look, we're not dumb. If, if at the end of the day, people will pay you if you've, if they think that they can win with you. No, it's, uh, it's pretty basic, man. It's, uh, I, I call it sad because you, you should stand for something. Uh, or at least, you know, you serve a penance, you know, because the problem is for me, uh, in any of these situations, this is not, a, oh, why are you judging this guy? Who amongst us has not made a mistake? But that's not that, man. It's what do coaches do, man? What's he going to spend his whole coaching deal doing when it's not X's and O's? Hey, fellas, you got to control yourself. You got to control your emotions. Don't get caught up in anything on uh, whatever the main drag is in Oxford tonight, blah, blah, blah. And here it is. You're the main example of somebody who couldn't control yourself. So I think it's hard for you to – to run a team now you can say learn from my mistake and blah 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 but dude we learned for our whole life not to hit women you know yeah. what i'm saying yep <laughs> i do know exactly what you're saying so chris beard going to oxford going to ole miss and then real quick here because this just dropped as well the cowboys get stuff on gilmore well all pro cornerback james bradbury is returning to the philadelphia eagles they just announced he's got a three-year deal worth $38 million. So that gives him 20, fully, $20 million fully guaranteed 
with another six in incentives for a total package that could be three years up to $44 million for James Bradbury. Well, that's a, that's a good move for them because uh, he was a good player for them. He had that holding call in the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. but uh, clearly he had a good season for them. It was a really good player for them. Yeah, and so Arch just tweeted out that the pick the Cowboys gave up for Stephon Gilmore is one of their two fifth comp picks, but it is pick number 176, the, the official pick number. All right, cool. I'm doing that, man. If I if I can get Stephon Gilmore at pick 176, thanks. Yeah, winning. That's all I would say. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm a big I'm, I enjoy that. I enjoy that very much. <laughs> you know, I mean, really, what's it mean that you can't draft Simi Fajoko? That you can't draft Matt Lewet- Willetsko or Devin Harper or somebody? Is that what who we can't draft? You can't <laughs> yeah, draft Bradley and I. You can't draft Joe Jackson or Michael Jackson. How about Mike White, by the way? Speaking of fifth-round picks, did you see the deal? Who was it the Dolphins gave Mike White two years for $16 million? I was like, holy crap. Dude. But he plays quarterback, I guess. I, I, I don't know. Yeah. Cooper Rush would be like, damn, all I can get is a meal? Yeah, man. $16 million for Mike White. Cowboys missed out. Could have had him. Could have had him. I'm surprised there's not an uproar for that guy. Come on. Yeah. And, you know, Mike White, he'll actually – he should be good there because – the receiver talent is such that if he needs to play, um, he'll have some guys he can throw to. Of course, he'll be sitting behind Tua, and, and with Tua's injury history, I guess you figure Bruh, you need an $8 million backup because he'll probably better, get to play some. You better be ready to play. Well, that, my friends, is our podcast. We'll be back in a couple of days. Who knows what else the Cowboys will do between now and then and everything that will happen. St. Patrick's Day weekend coming up this weekend. So a lot of fun to be had. We appreciate you guys. Thanks for listening. Continue to spread the word, and we will talk with you again soon. Thanks for listening to the Jam Session podcast. Make sure to find us on Instagram at Jam Session Cast. Of course, you can also find us on Twitter at McMatt Radio and at JJT underscore journalist. Our podcast is sponsored by Greening Law, a personal injury law firm in Dallas, Texas. Greening Law fights the legal battle so you'll have time for healing and renewal. Give them a call at 972-934-8900. Greening Law, Office, Dallas, Texas. As always, thanks to Purple Elephant Music for the music you hear at the end and the beginning of each episode. He, of course, is the radio, TV, and now podcast star, the sexy Jean-Jacques Taylor. And me, I'm just a guy, Matt McLaren. We'll catch you next time right here on the Jam Session Podcast, available everywhere you listen to podcasts.